Well, good morning, Rivertown Community Church. Hey, it's so good to have all of you on all of our campuses today. Uh, we are in our third week of our series entitled Welcome to Wonderland. And if you're a first-time guest with us on any campus, we are so glad you're with us today because we're unpacking a concept or an idea that's just a big deal to everyone. In fact, the big idea for this whole series is based upon this question right here, and that is this, what do you wonder? What do you wonder? Because see, the truth is, we, we all wonder about a lot of things, don't we? And you, in fact, you heard that in the bumper video. We wonder about a lot of things, but there are some things that we wonder about and they drive our lives. We don't really understand it and we don't necessarily realize it at the time because sometimes it's kind of a subconscious drivenness that goes on. But we all wonder about this thing about finding our purpose in life. In fact, uh, one of those things that... Um, we, we always survey you guys around Easter and say, hey, what are the big things that you guys want us to talk about this next year? And basically, it's always like at the top of the list because it's one of the things that we wonder about and it drives our lives. So a couple of weeks ago, we started a conversation about how to find and live out your purpose in life. And if you've missed any of the previous weeks, uh, we'd love for you to watch or listen online. You can watch on the app as well. We, we'd love you to have that foundation. But today... What we're going to be talking about, and this is true because whether you're a Christ follower or whether you don't consider yourself a Christ follower or you're just trying to figure this whole God thing out, we all understand that we wonder about this thing called purpose. We all have that kind of question just kind of at the core of our being. We wonder, will our life matter? We wonder, will we make a difference? We wonder if there's like really any kind of meaning to life. We, we wonder if we have a purpose and then we wonder... How do we discover that purpose? Now, as we've seen for the last few weeks, uh, Jesus taught us that the starting point to finding that purpose is exactly the opposite of what we would expect. I mean, you'd assume that if you were going to discover your purpose for life, you would start with you. But Jesus said, no, 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 the exact opposite is true. In fact, we've discovered that Jesus basically, he said the foundation for living a life of purpose is realizing this one thing. It's not about you. Now, I know you've heard that statement for the last three weeks, and some of you are kind of getting tired of hearing that statement that it's not about you, but I want to show you a copy of a text that my fam family sent around after week one, the afternoon of week one of this series, when we introduced this idea that it's not about you. Th this is what it looked like right here. It was a picture of me on the stage saying it's not about you, and then my oldest daughter, she's the one that posted this, and she said that's exactly the face he has made our whole lives when he says that statement, LOL. And then my youngest daughter, of course, you know, he's doing laughing out loud kind of thing, and then here's the deal. My wife throws me under the bus as well on this thing. Oh, yeah. See, see, our children, I mean, they've been hearing this their whole lives. And, and the question is, why have you been saying this to your children? Why would you say something like that to your children? Because here's what we knew, and I had a mentor teach me this years ago, and that is this. Purpose never starts with you. In other words, you'll never discover your purpose in life if you begin with you, and we want our children to know and understand their purpose in life and because we love them and we care about them. In fact, we've said for the past couple of weeks, the reality is purpose is not found looking in the mirror. 
Because when you are central focus, when you make it all about you, what ends up happening is you miss the wonderland or miss seeing the wonderland of purpose that God has created for you. Because as we said last week, purpose is always found across the border of what's in it for me. See, once it's not about you, then you'll clearly see what you were created to do. Because if you make life about you, purpose will just always remain just beyond your reach, just beyond your grasp. Now, what we've talked about in the first two weeks of this series is kind of laying the foundation for helping us understand more about God's general purpose for our life. But today and over the next several weeks, what we want to do is we want to dig in a little bit more of helping you discover a little bit more specific what your purpose might be, what your specific purpose that God has created you to do. And to do that, to help us understand what maybe your specific purpose might be in life, first of all, we've got to debunk a common myth about purpose. Now, let me just go ahead and say this. On any of our campuses, if you're like not a Jesus follower or you're not really into this whole church kind of thing, here's the deal. This myth that we have to debunk, it may not be a big hurdle for you. But when we talk to people who call themselves Christ followers or Christians or church people and we talk to them about purpose, and I've seen this for 25 years and I've talked to other pastors about this, when we talk to them about discovering and finding their purpose, what happens is it creates high levels of tension and anxiety in their life. In fact, you you can kind of be sitting at a meal or you can be sitting in a conversation with a person who considers himself a Christ follower and, and say something like this. God has a purpose for your life. And people start getting worried and they start getting anxious and they start having all this anxiety. Because see, a lot of church people have been taught that following God's purpose, it looks a lot like this. Watch the side screens.
See, for a lot of you, that, that's kind of like God's purpose for your life. You thought that's, if you discovered and were walking in God's purpose, that's what your life would look like, walking this tightrope and, and making sure that you, you know, and be able to say, you know, this is what I was made for, baby. You know, God created me for this, you know, this kind of thing. And then you also say, God's in control. And if you're that high up, you better be. But the reality is, I mean, that's kind of been what your life has been about, about God's purpose. For some of you in church world, it's even been more something like this. Watch the side screens again. Grab him. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, he made it. He made it. So, um, and I don't care who you are. I don't care how many times you watch it. That's a little bit unnerving, isn't it? But see, for many of us, for a lot of us, that's kind of been what we've been taught about, like living out God's purpose. That's how God's purpose has been explained in our life. It's like this high wire act with no safety net and no tethers and no support. And, and it's like for many of you, you, you feel like, and then I start walking it and I'm walking blind. And then there's like one misstep and you lose everything. One slip up and you've messed up your purpose in life forever. It's over. It's like one bad night, one bad weekend, one bad season in your life and you're through. You've lost your chance to ever experience God's purpose again in your life. This is why understanding, knowing your purpose, it creates so many, so much anxiety in so many people who call themselves followers of Jesus Christ because the church has told you and Christians have told you that if one misstep in your life and it's over for you, which is why some of you, there was a season in your life that you basically just gave up on the church. It's why some of you said, well, I'll just kind of stick out this God thing and maybe I can make it to heaven. But, you know, I've just kind of given up on experiencing God's purpose because, see, you were either told by the church, either directly or indirectly, that because of something in your past, God would never, ever use you. See, because you had sex before you got married or you, you got pregnant before you got married or you had an affair after you were married or you, you got this DUI or you had some kind of addiction in your life or you served some kind of jail time or, or your marriage didn't make it and you got a divorce. And see, based on what you've heard in the past from church people and people who call themselves Christians, what you've heard in the past about God's purpose for your life is like it's just one misstep and you've fallen off this tightrope of God's purpose for your life, and it is over. You're done. And, and if you've lived that way, you know that is such a painful way to live, isn't it? And some of you believe that so long, it's almost caused you to give up on God and, and experiencing fulfillment in life. But if that's you, please listen carefully about this myth. That myth is a lie. It's just not true. 
And it doesn't have to hurt you, and it doesn't have to scare you, and it doesn't have to create anxiety and worry in, worry in you anymore. And some of you are going, how do I know that's a lie? How do I know that's a myth? Well, think about it this way. If sin, if mistakes, if missteps disqualify us from experiencing God's purpose in our life, then none of us would have any hope, would we? I mean, think about it. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We, we've all had missteps. We, we've all had mistakes. We've all had sins. See, we all have things in our past. And while maybe yours weren't put on the front pages of the paper or wasn't in the, like, the top of the gossip, you know, corners in the community, we all have them. We all have those sins. We all have those missteps. We all have those mistakes that would disqualify us if that myth were true. In fact, some of you, you you've held on to this tightrope myth for so long that, that, that your thinking is this. Even as we're talking about this, you're saying, yeah, yeah, but you don't know my issues. They're so much greater than everybody else. You don't understand all the things in my past. You don't know everything that I've done or everything that's happened to me. Well, think about it this way. David. David committed adultery. The lady got pregnant from that affair. David went out and he murdered her husband, which was one of his closest friends. And the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 10 says, David still served his purpose in his own generation. Or how about this one, Noah. Noah got drunk and it resulted in inappropriate behavior with his children, but God still used him to save the human race. Or how about this? Abraham, he had a child with one of his servants, and then he abandoned them both, the child and the servant. But he's called the father of faith. Or Peter, the apostle Peter. I mean, he denied Jesus three times. He didn't just deny Jesus. He denied him with cursing and swearing. And then God used Peter to launch this movement, this thing known as the church. See, I don't, I don't know what your past looks like. Don't know what happened in your past. And it doesn't matter what anybody has said about you. No matter how people have maligned you or gossiped about you or said anything about you. And by the way, do you know that every person who gossips about you or maligns you, they're really just identifying how sinful they really are? How broken they really are? It's not about you when they malign you or gossip or say things about you. It's really showing the reality of their own character flaws, their mistakes, their mess-ups their sin see I, I don't care what your past looks like but here's what i can guarantee you your past doesn't negate god's purpose for your future it doesn't negate god's purpose for your life because see this isn't how god's purpose works. it's not like this high wire act one wrong move one wrong step and it costs you everything in fact as we're going to see today jesus taught us that fulfilling god's purpose in our life it looks very much different than this high wire tightrope kind of act in fact jesus has a much better way 
In fact, Jesus shows that from an interaction that he has with this man, and it's recorded for us in John chapter 5. So if you've got your Bibles, either electronically or, or written, you can um, take those out right now, and you can follow along, or you can follow along on the screen. But let me give you a little bit of background to what's happening here. One day, Jesus is walking through Jerusalem with his closest friends, his disciples, and he passes by this pool that is close to a place known as Solomon's Porch. Now, a legend had developed around this pool, and sometimes the water would start stirring or kind of moving, and, and people believed that there was this angel that was causing it, and so whoever could get in the water first, they believed that, that, that whenever it started moving, then that person would be healed of whatever was wrong with them. So this place, this porch, had kind of become a place where all the blind and the lame and the sick and the disabled were, like, they would spend their days. I mean, they would just hang out by this water and then do their best to kind of crawl, move, get into that pool whenever the water moved. Now, there's something else you need to understand as, as we look at this interaction with Jesus and this man. Also in that culture, there was like this very negative stigma that was associated about having some kind of disease or some kind of disability. See, people assumed either you or your parent must have done something really bad to offend God, and so that's why you have this disability or you have this disease. So whatever people in Jerusalem, whenever they were walking close by Solomon's porch, what they would do is they would walk all around this group of people and they would avoid them the best that they could. So along comes Jesus with his disciples, okay, and they're following along. And they assume as they get close to this place, the disciples assume that Jesus is just going to kind of bypass this like everybody else does. But to their surprise, Jesus doesn't do that. He starts stepping and walking through this big crowd of people, all these disabled and diseased people. And of course, the disciples, because they've been doing life looking in the mirror, and it's all about them and how they're going to have this position with Jesus in his kingdom, this doesn't make any sense to them. And so Jesus is walking through this crowd and he stops to talk to one man, just one guy in the crowd who needed healing, who needed help. And so everybody else who's diseased and disabled, they're lying around and they're, they're listening obviously to about what's to happen because nobody ever walked through them. They're crowding. They just didn't walk around them, didn't even talk to them. And John tells us that this guy who Jesus stops to talk to has been disabled for like 38 years. And so Jesus looks at him and he goes, do you want to be well? And I, I get to match every time I read this I, and think about this story, I think the guy's probably thinking in his head, are you kidding? <laughs> Why do you think I'm laying by this pool? I mean, of course I want to get well. I mean, the guy's been disabled for like 38 years and every day he's hanging out by this pool hoping that somehow he can get lucky enough to be the first guy in and get healed. So with all these people watching this interaction between this guy who is lame and crippled and Jesus, I want you to notice how the guy responds. John chapter 5 verse 7, Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me in the pool when the water stirred. While I'm still trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me, which is kind of his statement of going, it's kind of obvious. I want to be in this pool. I just can't get in the water because I can't walk and I don't have anybody to help me. But, you know, maybe you could help me. Thanks for asking. Now, here's where this story gets really interesting. Jesus looks back at this guy and he says, listen, there's no need to get in the water. Just get up. 
take up your mat, go home, you're healed. And sure enough, this guy who has been lame for like 38 years, he jumps up, rolls up his mat, and he starts heading home. Well, guess what Jesus does next? Jesus looks at all this crowd of people. He goes, any of y'all want some of that? I mean, there's a lot more where that came from, you know, that kind of thing. No, no, that's not what Jesus does. You know what Jesus does? Jesus starts tiptoeing back out, just away from all the people. He walks right past all these other people that need healing and need help. See, it was like Jesus in this moment. He was so confident of his purpose in, on that day, in that moment. He was so confident that his purpose in that moment was to heal that one man. So confident in that, that he felt no guilt in not healing all the rest of the people there. Now, here's the big question of the day. Wouldn't you like to go through every day, every day of your life, that confident in your purpose? That confident in what you should do and what you shouldn't do in that moment? Well, here's the truth. You can if you learn to see yourself and even more importantly, learn to see your day the way that Jesus did. Which is why what happens in this story is so important for all of us and so amazing. See, when Jesus tells this guy to get up and go home and take up his mat, guess what? It's the Sabbath day. Jesus heals this guy on the Sabbath day. And the religious leaders, of course, this guy's not being quiet going through town. I mean, after 38 years of laying on a mat and not being able to walk, it's like now, you know, he's bringing all this attention to himself. So the religious leaders see this guy carrying his mat going home. They go after him for breaking one of their Sabbath laws. And he goes, hey, this ain't on me. I'm just doing what he said. I really like that guy because he healed me, but I'm doing what he said. And the result of that was these religious people, they get in this debate with Jesus. And in this conversation with the religious people, Jesus explained an entirely different way for you to view your day. A different way to view following God's purpose and what it really looks like in your life. In fact, here's what Jesus says. In his defense, Jesus said to them, referring to the religious leaders, my father, don't miss this, this is so important. My father is always at his work to this very day. Literally 24 seven, my father is at his work to this very day. And I too am working. Now this is a completely different way to view your day. Because what Jesus is saying here in verse 17 is this. Jesus believed that God's always at work around us. That God's at work where you go to school, that God's at work where you go to work, that God's at work in your neighborhood, that God's at work when you're out and about on the weekend or when you're gone on vacation. He says, God is always at work around you. And that work that God is up to, literally Jesus is saying, and that work kind of gives me clues in also what I'm supposed to do. See, Jesus viewed every day that he lived here on this earth from that perspective. So his goal, Jesus' goal, was to go through his day doing what he needed to do, taking care of his responsibilities, but also paying attention to where God was at work around him. And whenever he saw God at work, 
He just joined him in his work. It, it was that simple, which means this for you and I. When you see God at work, it's an invitation to join God in the work, which means this. If you go through your day listening and looking for what God is doing, and then you see what God is doing because you, you hear it or you see it, and then you join God in that work and you let him use you in that work, that is the beginning part of starting to live out your purpose. Now make sure you don't miss this. God doesn't give us information for our consideration. God gives us information for our participation. In other words, when God shows you something, when you hear something, you see something that God is doing, he's inviting you to get involved in it. He's saying, listen, don't ignore this, get involved. Now, some of you are sitting here thinking, okay, that's a great idea, great concept, but how do I personally see God at work? Now, here's why this is so important you stay with us through this whole conversation. See, we can't tell you exactly what it's going to look like for God to be at work with you on Monday or what he's going to be doing in your neighborhood or in your home. But here's what we do know about this. When you see people expressing interest in God or you see people expressing interest in faith or when you see an opportunity to serve someone in a way that will show them that God loves them, when, when you watch things happen that can only be explained by God and you hear yourself saying, man, that is such a God thing, you should be paying attention. Like, like when you start noticing things that you don't normally notice or you start seeing things that you don't normally see or you start hearing things that you don't normally hear or you start having opportunities happen to you that don't normally happen when someone kind of talks to you about something they wouldn't normally talk about. When you see something just a little bit out of the norm or you start feeling a prompting that's not normal, you should pay attention. Because that's very likely God's invitation for you to join him in his work. Now, now some of you, you, you might still be going through life and, and you can't see what God is up to because you might still be holding the mirror and looking at life through the mirror. And when you do that, you'll never see the wonderland of purpose that God has for you. So we can't exactly tell you what it's going to be looking like for you on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, but we can tell you this. If you will listen closely, if you will pay attention every day, God will make sure that you see what you need to see and hear what you need to hear. In fact, we're gonna see that in, in part of the next statement that Jesus makes. And you gotta understand something. And listening to God every day it is, is really the key part to understanding and beginning to know what your specific purpose is in life. Because when you start seeing or hearing what God is up to, that is an invitation to join God in his work. And that invitation assumes, don't miss this, it assumes a personal connection with God. Because something we often forget is this, God operates on the basis of relationships, not on rules and regulations. God wants to be personal with you. It's why he's invited you to call him father. He wants a personal relationship with you. In fact, let, let me help you understand this. When my son was younger, he's 26 years of age right now. 
And uh, he, he always had like two questions that he would ask. I mean, all the time, if you told him something, if you saw something, if, if you're having a conversation about something or if you needed him to do something, or he always had these two things that he would say, two, two statements. One was, why? 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 I mean, I, I told my wife one time, I was like, listen, if we, if we had a dollar for every time this kid asked us why, I mean, there's be sometimes he'd be, and maybe it's why he's as smart as he is today, but it's like, it's why, why, why? And then the other question would be, can I help? So when he was really young, I mean, why and can I help was one of his things. So he would see me doing something and he would say something like this, can I help? And back in the day, you know, I had construction going on and all those kind of things that so we always had projects going on. And um, so most of the time, I would try to find a way for him to help. Now, here's the thing you got to understand. Most of the time, what he was able to do on a project, it was so small in comparison to the size of the project, and it was so small in comparison to what I was capable of doing. In fact, the truth is, you understand this as a parent, and that is this. Letting your child be part of the task, oftentimes, what does it do? Does it speed you up or slow you down? It slows you down. But see, in the moment when he says, can I help, it's no longer about the task as much as is going, oh, this is the opportunity to do something together. Because as a parent, I understood something, and you understand this, shared experience always takes the relationship to a new level or the next level. And don't miss this. Your heavenly father works the same way. Your heavenly father, and Jesus is saying this, he's like, your heavenly father lets you see him at work and then he invites you into that work, not because he can't do it without you. He invites you into that work because shared experience always makes the relationship better. And because of Jesus' shared experience with his heavenly father and understanding how relationships work, Jesus knew, and this is why he's having this conversation, Jesus knew you will never find your purpose apart from a growing relationship with the one who made you for a purpose. See, discovering your purpose, it all centers on your relationship with your heavenly father. In fact, listen to how Jesus described this. He says, very truly I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. I mean, and there were so many times that when my son was growing up, I mean, it was like he could have never pulled off any of those projects. He could have made any of that stuff happen. So Jesus says, this is just kind of how this whole process works, even relationally with God in discovering our purpose. He said, very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. And many of you understand that in a very practical way if you've had children. And all of this is really Jesus' way of saying, he's going, hey, just so everybody knows this, I'm not down here on planet earth just making this up on my own. I'm not just dreaming up like this big plan for my life and then looking up and say, hey, father, by the way, here's what I'm gonna do, bless my plans. And he's going, no, no, no. I just look and see what my father's doing, and then I do that. And this is where we've all gotten it wrong, whether you're a Christ follower or you're not a Christ follower, whether you're a church person or not a church person. Here's where we've got this wrong. 
We all want our lives to count. We all want our lives to matter. And so what we do is we kind of go through our life trying to figure out what is the purpose for my life that will make my life significant? You know, what are some things I can do to make my life significant? And then when we kind of start figuring it out, we look up to God and say, oh God, I I figured out what I want to do. Join me. And Jesus is going, that's not how you discover your purpose. Instead, Jesus says, you just look and see what your heavenly father is doing and then you go do what he's doing in fact he goes and by the way you can be confident that your heavenly father will show you what he's doing notice how he says it for the father loves the son don't don't miss that for the father loves the son and because he loves him he shows him all he does and if you're a follower of christ God loves you. If you're not a follower of Christ, guess what? God loves you. He says, for the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. And yes, he will show him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed, which means you can trust God to show you what to do because he loves you. He loves you so much that he created you on purpose for a purpose. See, you got to understand, God didn't create any of us. He didn't create you. He didn't create me. He didn't create any of us because he needed us. He created you because he wanted to be in a love relationship with you. He wanted to love you and invite you into a life with him. Which is why it's so devastating to live your life with the thought and the mindset through the lie that God's plan and purpose for your life is like this tightrope see what when you live with that thought in mind for of god's plan and purpose for your life you're always going to live life fearing that you're going to fail god and if you're living with the fear of failing god it's because you're living your life with the myth that purpose is found in this tightrope but when you live your life focused on him see when you live your life focused looking in the mirror and you are the center of that not only do you miss the wonderland of purpose but here's the other thing that happens when you do life looking in the mirror you see all the things that you did in your past and satan comes along and he says you're disqualified you stepped off the tightrope You made a mistake, and you see all those things. When you live your life focused looking at you, you see everything in your past, and Satan uses everything in your past to make you think you're disqualified for the purpose that God has in your future. You will always live your life fearing that you have failed or you're going to fail God. But when you live your life focused on him, say, I'm just going to listen, and I'm just going to watch and see what God is going to do, you'll always live in amazement. I mean, I'll never forget the first time I put my son on a backhoe. He's probably like 10, 11 or something like that. And uh, we were digging this hole. We were building this place and we had to dig this big hole. And, and so I, I had this, and he said, can I, can I do it, dad? You know, you want to be on this thing? And so, you know, I put him on this backhoe and you can imagine he's like pounding the dirt more than digging a hole right as much as he would try to dig it he would fill it up you know it's just like he's just botching this thing but it's fine i knew we had plenty of space and all that 
So when he gets done, he got to get tired and goes his own way. Then I go and I finish up the hole. And a little bit later, I hear him telling his mom, and, and I think it was one of his sisters involved, I hear him telling about the hole that we dug. And he was so proud and so amazed at the hole that we dug. And see, when, when you understand that God is inviting you to join him in his work and, and he's going to show you and you don't have to figure it all out. Then one day you look back and, and you go, I'm just amazed. I'm just amazed at what we did together. And you know deep down inside, it really wasn't you. It was really all God, but he invited you to join him in his work. And even though we've all rebelled against him, even though if we look in the mirror and we make ourselves a focus and we see all that mess in the back, all that stuff, all those sins, all those missteps, all those mistakes, God still loves you. He has not stopped loving you. And in fact, it's as Jesus is saying there, he, he's like trying to help us understand it. And he knows that God has sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die and then rise again to pay for our sin so that we can have a relationship that is built on God's forgiveness and God's love for us. In fact, listen to how Jesus describes this. He says, very truly I tell you, whoever hears my words and believes him, literally believes that God loves you, that there's nothing in your past that will negate what God's purpose is for you. He says, very truly I tell you, whoever hears my words and believes him who sent me, has eternal life, and don't miss this, and will not be judged, but is crossed over from death to life. And literally what Jesus is saying is, he's like, listen, when, when you stop trying to earn God's love, when you quit trying to earn God's forgiveness and, and when you quit trying to earn God's acceptance and, and you just trust what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross, that he paid the price for all of your sin, he satisfied God's anger, he satisfied the punishment that God had to pour out for sin, that God loves you no matter what is in your past. Jesus is saying, listen, you have just embarked on a new journey of life and purpose but he's saying it all starts with a relationship with your heavenly father and you only get that through jesus christ and the question for many of you this morning on all of our campuses is: will you accept the invitation to enter into a relationship with god as your heavenly father through jesus christ will you do that because that's the beginning place that's where discovering your purpose really starts that's where you start being able to understand what God is doing. Now, here's what's interesting. Some of you would say that you've accepted that invitation, that you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, as your sin forgiver and your life leader, but we've forgotten what that means. We somehow have assumed that what we're doing for God is the main thing, that, that thing that we're doing, that ministry or that mission or whatever it may be, and we think something like this, you know, I got to live my purpose. I got to get this done. I've, I've got to walk that tightrope. And if I do this right, then God will be happy with me. And Jesus is going, no, what you do is not the main thing. 
What is the main thing is your relationship with God. Your relationship with God is the main thing because God doesn't show you what he's doing because he needs you. He shows you because he loves you and he wants you to join him in that work so that you can have this shared experience with him. Because shared experiences always take relationships to the next level. So here's the question. How personal is your relationship with God right now? How personal is that relationship? Do, do you have a personal relationship? I mean, do you sit here this morning, or are you sure that you've been forgiven by him? Are you sure that he loves you, that there's, his love is greater than anything you've done, that his grace is greater than all of our sin? If you're not sure of that, in just a moment, we're going to give you an opportunity to begin that relationship, a close, growing personal relationship with God as your Heavenly Father. Or, or maybe some of you are sitting here today and, and you go, yeah, I got a relationship, but it's just not close. And maybe that's why you can't recognize what God is doing is because you're just kind of bought into thinking, oh, my mistakes and my missteps and my sins. Or maybe it's because you've kind of picked back up the mirror. Or maybe it's just because you're not spending time with him. Maybe it's because you're not doing things with him. See, we, we always forget this about relationships, especially our relationship with God. Relationships are built on shared experiences. It's why God invites you to join him in, your, in his work. Because, see, if you don't make time to spend time with him every day, if you don't make time to listen to what he has to say, if you're not paying attention to how he's working around you, or if you ignore what he's telling you to do, here's what it's going to do. It's going to keep you from experiencing shared experiences. It's going to hurt your relationship. So here's the big question. What do you need to do this week to make your relationship with God more personal? What time do you need to carve out what, what changes in your schedule do you need to make? I mean, maybe who do you need to forgive? Or maybe you just need to receive God's forgiveness today. Well, what step do you need to make? What commitment do you need to take? And our challenge to you, and this is what Jesus is challenging us in, in this interaction with this guy who was lame that he healed, is just do it. Just do it. Don't wait because you'll never fully experience your purpose in life apart from this growing relationship with God as your heavenly father. That's the starting point. Now, here's some other good news for you, and that is this. When you wake up tomorrow morning, you got to understand God's purpose tomorrow. For those of you who've been believing that lie, God's purpose tomorrow isn't walk, like walking some high wire tightrope. Where one wrong move and, and, and you've missed it. No, God's purpose for your life, it's more like this wide runway. I mean, can, can you have a bad landing? Can you get off course a little bit when you try to land? Yeah, yeah you can, but you can, always, you can always get back on. And every landing is not going to be perfect. It's not even be close to perfect. In fact, I used to fly some years ago and I love, I love flying, and so every once in a while I'll just watch some videos of flying stuff, and I just love to watch planes who have to slip it in or slide in, you know, that kind of thing, and crazy things that happen to planes, and it's always more fun to watch when it's not happening to you and somebody else, right? That kind of thing, but it's like, you know, when they come in sideways and they get blown all over the place, you know, they kind of look something like this. I'm not going to show you a video of one, but you, know, you got this big jet coming in, and they're sideways on the runway. See, this is how most of us look following God. 
We, we get blown sideways, I mean from side to side with life and things and all those things. We don't get it right all the time. I mean, our touchdown's not right. I mean, we're all over the place. But here's what Jesus is telling us in this interaction with this guy. As long as you keep looking for where God is at work, you're still on the runway. Don't miss what I said there. As long as you keep looking every day on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday, as long as you keep looking and listening for where God is at work, you're still on the runway. You're still following him. You're still discovering your purpose. Jesus said, God is always working. He's always working around you. And when you discover that, that's your invitation to join him. And the best part is, you don't have to stress about making it happen. I mean, my son, he didn't have to stress about making that whole workout right. You don't have to worry about making it on your own because God doesn't really need us to do something. He's more interested in the shared experience. So here's the truth we want you to walk away with today. See, your heavenly father today is waiting for you to join him in the wonderland of a life of purpose. But it all begins with a personal relationship with God as your heavenly father. Will you either begin a relationship with him today or refocus on that relationship as well? Will you bow your heads with me in prayer? Father, we thank you. And we use the word father on purpose. Because that's the kind of relationship you've invited us to. To have with you. So Father, we thank you for that opportunity to have a personal, up-close relationship with you. And there are some of us that we're still trying to figure this thing out and, and today the lights kind of come on for us that, wow, a relationship with you really matters. It's the game changer. And the light has come on because we realize you're not angry at us, you're not mad at us. All those sins and missteps and mistakes that we've had in the past, you've forgiven them, they're covered by your blood. You don't see them, but we see them because we're still looking in the mirror. And I, I just pray that the day will be the day when there will be men and there'll be women and there'll be students who will lay down that mirror. And they'll allow your forgiveness and your grace and your love just to flow through their life and their being. In fact, if, if you're on one of our campuses today and, and you want to experience God's love and grace and forgiveness, will you just say in your heart something similar to what I'm going to say out loud to kind of help you guide or guide you through that, pro, that step of entering into a relationship with God as your Heavenly Father? Will you just say... Father, today, I, I thank you for sending Jesus. I thank you for sending Jesus not only to show us the way to live, but for providing the way to have a relationship with you, all because of what Jesus did on the cross when he died and paid the price for our sin and, 
rose again. And Today I ask you to come into my heart and forgive me. I ask you to come in and, and be my sin forgiver and my life leader from this day forward. And I'm just going to keep learning and growing. I'm going to keep coming back and figuring out well, what does it mean? What does it mean to join you in your work? But God, thank you for loving me. Thank you that your love is unconditional. I thank you your love is greater than anything in my past. I thank you, thank you that your, your grace is greater than all my sin. Thank you that your love never fails. It never gives up. So today I am going to focus on you. I'm going to put down the mirror and be looking at you, God, and following you and enjoying you in that work. And I thank you as we share experiences as I join you in your work, that my relationship with you is going to get closer and closer, and it's going to lead me to fulfill a life of purpose and meaning. If you just prayed that prayer on that Connect card, there's a place that you can let us know that you just received Jesus Christ for the very first time. And when the offering buckets are passed a little bit later, if you just want to check that and drop it in that offering bucket, because we just want to send you some information that will help you know how to take some next steps to continue having a personal growing relationship with God. For others of you, you call yourself a follower of Christ, but you'd say my relationship with God's not close. Maybe for you today is to say, Heavenly Father, I am laying down that mirror. I'm going to quit looking at me, trying to figure it out. I'm not even going to worry what people say about me anymore or have said about me. Because it doesn't matter. That's in my past. That's all been paid for. But I'm going to look at the cross. And remember what Jesus did for me. And then I'm going to look through the cross, past the cross, to my Heavenly Father who loves me and has a plan and a purpose for me. So today I choose to refocus my focus on you as my Father. And I'm going to watch you and I'm going to listen to you so that I can join you in the work that you're doing. And through that, one day I'll be able to look back on my life and just be amazed at what we did together. Mostly you. But be amazed that you let me be a part of it. Thank you, God, for your incredible love that allows us to have this kind of shared experience with you. In Jesus' name, we give you thanks. Amen.